Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Felipe Melicio, and this is the Total Basis Podcast. And with me, as always, is Sean of Boops. Not, not Sean. Sean's off. <laughs> and this is a very special edition. We're recording on a Saturday morning as opposed to a Sunday morning, so I'm not quite used to that. But with me is my backup to my backup. No, my main backup, Austin Spiro. How you doing? I'm all right, man. How are you? Fantastic. Like I was saying right before we started recording, I have a pounding headache, so I, I don't know. It just came out of nowhere i don't know if that's something to do with my uh my neck i have a neck problem or if it's just because i had my coffee too late i don't know but we're gonna get weathered through it just like these players that we're gonna talk about weather through the season long season i can't if, you know what austin it feels like we just got this started like not too long ago this season remember this was a year that uh was uh delayed because right. of the lockout and but you and I were working very hard uh, behind the scenes, so to speak, trying to get ready, trying to get all the uh, data, all the uh, rankings, all the projections, just so we could see how this season would play out. And I feel like this is the result. This is what we were working forward towards is to see who would get uh, recognized and awarded at the end of the season. What do you think? Yeah, you know, it, it it was definitely a whirlwind all season long, and it's so funny because in the, when we're in it, we're like, oh, the the season the season is so long. There's so much work, and then at the end, you're like, that actually went really quickly. Um, and it's funny because I went back and looked at that big long spreadsheet that we uh that that we did uh preseason. We you know listed all the teams and all the all the players that we thought were would have been relevant and things of that nature and in terms of fantasy wise I, I feel like we were actually pretty accurate in terms of who would who would step up fantasy wise and who wasn't going to step up fantasy wise um so and it, and it showed we both of us uh perform well in our respective leagues uh i made the playoffs and i think every single league i was in and i you know so and you and i made the finals in the the uh total basis okay. The podcast, podcast league, yeah. I made oh. the final. I made the final against who else? Sean Flannery. Oh, did you? In the, uh, in oh, the baseball yeah, life in the league, baseball yeah. Life league on fan tracks, yeah. Which uh, it is what it is, man. People can give me bad at us and, and say, "Oh, they're just tooting their own horns," but you can't, you can't question results. Uh, the points league, I did struggle, but even when I was trying to tank and I was trying to lose on purpose and get younger players and get more draft picks. <laughs> I end up as winning soon, anyway, which is the as dumb soon as you started. You, I remember that conversation. You're like, screw it. I'm just going to trade them away and get younger players. This year is done. And then all of a sudden he went on a three, four game winning streak. And I, okay. <laughs> and then I, I traded all those draft picks away for veteran health. For like, I, I got Aaron judge and Mike Trout on the same team, just because I traded away all my draft picks and all my young players, yep. which I don't recommend, but I honestly thought I had a puncher's chance of making the playoffs. Boy, was I wrong. Boy, was I wrong. But, um, I mean, right, I represented well. I made it to the finals. There you go. Yeah, you did make it to the finals. Good job on your first uh, try in the league. Most people will make excuses and say, oh, well, the last owner, he messed up. And, you know, uh, they, I had to rebuild and redo everything and, and fix all the problems. Well, I the- had to rebuild. I had a terrible I had a terrible draft and he he messed that team up. I have no, and I have no idea how I got to the finals. I'm going to be. Yeah, very so honest. you got you got to the finals uh, and because you did all the work and you and you uh you know, solve all the problems that that team has. So congratulations to you on that one. Maybe next year you'll get lucky. Hey, I have a powerhouse coming next year. I got Aaron Judge, Mike Trout, Jordan Alvarez. Uh, I think I'm going to bring Bo Bichetta, Manny Machado next year. And I'm going to have some fun in this draft. I still have a lot of uh, uh, a lot of draft picks in the in the top 10 rounds. Yeah. 
um, even though I traded a lot of them away. <laughs> but uh, I look forward to it. I look forward to next year. And uh, yeah, as soon as uh, we get through these awards and the Hall of Fame, we could start talking about, I don't know, maybe we could start recapping our projections and see what went right, what went wrong, or just start looking towards next year. 2023 is just around the corner. Literally, we're weeks away from the new year. And that means more work for us to do in the winter to in preparation for the 2023 uh, Major League Baseball season. And on top of that, we might be heading to Arizona in March. Yep. That's yep. In March for the World Baseball Classic. That'll be uh that'll be really fun. Uh they they only have group tickets. I keep looking for single tickets because I can only go for like one or two days. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see that. That's been on my bucket list. Um, and while we prepare for the 2023 season and we're trying to get into the uh world baseball classic, um, we're also trying to figure out um a greatest of all time series. We just started that too. Um, so you know, we got a lot of things going on here in the off season. Just because it's the off season doesn't mean that we're uh we're taking a break. Yeah, we don't take breaks here, man. We don't take breaks. It's uh, people who say, "Oh, okay, well, season's over, time to take a break. I don't need to do any more shows. I don't need to do any more episodes. I don't need to do any more baseball. It's football season." No, in this, in in the total basis podcast, there's always something to talk about baseball related. So, uh, if you love baseball, you're in the right group. Baseball life. Go check us out. And also, um, what the hell? Well, that's weird. My phone is acting all messed up. Huh? Nobody's commented. Well, that was weird. All of a sudden, uh, I oh, you know what? It's because it's touching the cable. Anyway, I got distracted. Let's get started, man. We got some awards to hand out. Uh, we got some defensive player awards. And, you know, I made a mistake before the show started that Nolan Arenado was uh, uh, overrated or whatever. Uh, it turns out he's not. And I'm going to share this spreadsheet just in a moment here. It's one of those shows. It's a spreadsheet show. I know people love my spreadsheets. Last week, Melvin admitted as much. So... So, yeah, I, at least I, I feel like one person enjoys them and appreciates them. And there it is in all its glory. Can you see what I see there, Austin? I can see it. Yep. Just as you mentioned, Melvin, Melvin joins in and he has to comment that it's always baseball season and baseball cosmos. It is always baseball season, baseball cosmos. Uh, he's got his own Facebook page or yeah, his own, yeah. his own page and he's got his own podcast out there. So, yeah. uh, you know, he, cool guy to talk to. Yeah. He told me he's working on, on creating more content for a set podcast as of right now. That's only the, what he called the beta, uh, yep. well, I call it a simp, uh, episode. No, I'm joking, <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, he says he's going to do more uh, as the as the Caribbean League uh, rolls on and the World Baseball Classic rolls around. But there it is in all its glory. The 2022 defensive metrics fielders uh, minimum uh, 750 innings. I think Fangraphs, you got to do at least 1000, but I dropped it down to 750. And there it is. Nolan Arenado. So you just mentioned that Nolan Arenado won the Platinum Award or something like that in real the life. Platinum Glove. Yep. Him and yeah. Jose Trevino. And Jose Trevino. Well, Trevino is uh, ranked 11th on this list. Or not even, he's tied for 10. So top 10 fielder. I mean, for catchers, it's pretty hard to get up there because um, they're pretty stationary. But I think these metrics have done a better job of uh, trying to gauge the importance of the catching position. Right. I'm not going to uh, get through all the nuances that, the, but all the nuances that are involved in defensive run save, which is the main, um, uh, what do you call it? The main uh, metric that actually measures catchers. Unfortunately, uh, things like UZR and outs above average, which is which is new to my rankings is the odds above average because it's now available on fan graphs. So I decided to adopt it and, you know, make a, a, a accumulative score out of it. But yeah, it is, it is hard for catchers to uh, in, in my system to get any uh, top tier awards because it's only defensive run saving. That's it, unfortunately, right. but 
Well, you and know, then the other the other thing with this is though is you know the dif- the defensive metrics are still very unreliable in my opinion. You when you look at defensive metrics across, usually if you look at um, if you look at Baseball Savant and you look at Fangraphs and you look at you know Baseball Reference, usually whatever you're looking at, there's generally a di- just a slight difference in terms of uh, in terms of the metric and in terms of the number, but the rankings usually stay the same when it's fielders you don't know who's going to be up there. Nolan Arenado could be way up in terms of fan graphs, but then you go to baseball savant and he's somewhere down towards the middle of the pack or he's not top 10 anymore. Um, just for example, it's not, nece- that's not necessarily true, but you know um, it's still widely unreliable. There's different, uh, different things that uh, different websites taken into consideration and put better importance on. So we're still the, you know, sabermetrics is still trying to figure out how to quantify defense. Yeah. And it's, and it's the, for the simple fact that there's a sample size issue. We talked about it numerous times over the span of this show is that even fan groups, they suggest, yeah, try not to take it at too much face value because one season might not be enough because you really think about it, especially with strikeouts being so high, uh, the chances for fielders to make plays and to uh, accumulate some of these uh, metrics and these and these productive stats on defense uh, is very minimal if you really think about it. And the expectation is that routine plays should be almost automatic. And if you can't make those plays, uh, you get penalized heavily for not making those plays. Whereas uh, those uh, uh, those highlight real plays that you see on ESPN and stuff, uh, those are graded the opposite you you get more uh of a score for those uh impossible plays uh but unfortunately what happens is that uh people are so those plays are so uh far and few between but because they're so far and few between people people's minds get warped and they see on the highlights all the time they're like oh well hey this guy makes that play he 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 puts his body on the line he 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 dives into the into the third base uh bleachers or or, or the third base stands and makes makes a diving out pop-up fly over there and so that means he's good and then when the metrics show up like well well that was only one play i mean yeah there's still other plays and even then those other plays it's just not enough so they, sometimes even fan graphs they suggest go two or three seasons and get a large sample size but for the purposes of this exercise we're only going to look back at 2022 and 2022 only and you you're right each uh, defensive run save that's a website that's a different website's uh intellectual property uzr is another website's intellectual property and outs above averages baseball savant slash statcast is uh intellectual property and they all measure things differently uh the drs and uzr from what i remember they use cameras I think we talked about that already. They use cameras and um and so it's I, funny, it, they're using essentially a fancy eye test to it's a it's a fancy eye test. And, yeah, and Sean and yeah, but it's um there's also uh measurements involved. And there's Sean used to do that for the Montgomery biscuits and where he would uh monitor the cameras that would keep track of player of movement and uh yeah, there's so there's a certain aspect that is uh utilized on these cameras and it's 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 also uh comparable to what other fielders have done in the past so if you can't even get what 99 of fielders can get to in, in the outfield that's that's a mark against you and yeah. as a as a as an outfielder like oh well 99 according to the cameras and the way that the algorithms are measured in the cameras this outfielder sucks, and that's why he's not on this list. Same thing with arm. Like you'll, you'll, we're gonna get to it in just a bit, but the arm um, metrics that they use for DRS and UZR, 
they're a little bit different too. Uh, well, I, not different, but I don't want to use the word unreliable, but it, you have to account for the fact that some base runners are, after they test certain arms, they start to hesitate, right? Right. So like Mike Trout's a good example. For many years, people thought he had an awful arm, but now it's getting to the point like mm, maybe maybe it's not that his arm is bad. It's just that nobody runs on his arm, that he doesn't get any outfield assists. He doesn't get any um well, I and I watched enough of Mike Trout to know that at the be and I have been I was a big proponent of Mike Trout specifically of he shouldn't have been a center fielder. He should have been a left fielder. Yeah. But ditto. Mike Trout, Mike Trout being Mike Trout, he got he got a way better arm. He 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 worked on his arm just like he worked on his offense. So his arm is good now. But yeah. in the beginning, he did not have a center fielder's arm. He had a left fielder's arm. Yeah, and that was always the thing with me too. Like, hey, maybe the team would be better uh, if he were in left field, and you know, a guy like Peter Borjos could start in center field. Boy, was I wrong. That was the wrong thing to do. Just keep him <laughs> in center field, and, and because he's in center field, obviously all of his metrics look amazing. You know, because yeah. he's, and that's probably the reason why his WAR metric is so high. But it's not like he's a a, a a deficiency in center field. But yeah, he's not a bad fielding center fielder. It's just his his fielding stats are heightened because center field is a more difficult position to field. Yeah, offensively speaking, now like as you see, he's not on this list. Yeah, I don't see. I see Mookie Betts. I see Stephen Kwan, who's a rookie. Uh, I see Trent Grisham, who kind of struggled offensively, but there he is defensively. Ian Happ. I thought I would never see Ian Happ on a defensive metrics. Uh, uh, straw, Jose Siri, Michael A. Taylor. So, all those three guys you just mentioned, they're pretty damn fast, all right. And not oh. that Mike Trout isn't fast, but let's face it, Mike Trout's a heavier set guy, he's mm-hmm. uh, he's built like a linebacker, yeah, like a real linebacker, not not a not a, not Jason Dominguez type of linebacker, like <laughs> like who I always uh, compared him to London Fletcher, who was also kind of small in his in his day as a linebacker. But Mike Trout's built like a middle linebacker, yeah, and eventually you're seeing it now, we're seeing that the det- a little bit of a deterioration. Mm-hmm. of Mike Trout, especially with his back. Could the Angels uh, do better by putting him in left field or maybe even right field and preserve his body a little bit and put in some young buck there? Probably. But guess what? The Angels don't have anyone like that in their no, farm system. And the one that they did, Brandon Marsh, he got traded away, and he Crazy. sucks offensively anyway. So <laughs> Damn, I, I thought from a – and that, the reason why the Phillies – traded for him was for a defensive standpoint not necessarily an offensive standpoint and I really think and I thought the same thing when they traded him away I'm like why are you trading Brandon Marsh away he's a he's a defensive asset you can move Trout to left but they of course what uh, what do I know they're so, not going listen man I've been I've been on that train forever they're not going to move Mike Trout anywhere Mike Trout's probably not wanting to move anywhere yeah because you know that's part of his brand and I, I hate to do that like put him in that same boat as a guy who has to, you know, protect his brand. But let's face it, Mike Chaw found his success as a center fielder, not as a, not as a right fielder or corner outfielder, I should say. He's yeah. a center fielder. He's, he's up there with Willie Mays and uh, who's another famous center fielder who's really good. I can't think of off. Griffey. Uh, oh yeah. Ken Griffey Jr. All those guys. So he, he, that's, that's who he's battling. He's, you put him in left field, right field and, Suddenly, it doesn't look as impressive. So, but yeah. yeah, this is another year where we don't see Mike Trout on on top of this uh, defensive metric leaderboard. But guys, we see in the top five. And for those who are on YouTube or watching live on Facebook, you can see the list for yourself. If you're on your phone, just tilt your phone to the side, uh, sideways, I should say. But Nolan Arenado got some uh, stiff competition from Cabrian Hayes at third base. 
Ultimately, Arenado uh, squeaks by and beats out Cabrian Hayes for the top spot at, uh, uh, on this leaderboard, let alone third base. You mentioned Miles Straw, Joe Siri, uh, Jose Siri, I should say. Um, I know Vince was mad that, how come, why is it that the Astros are able to get rid of the scrub players and the Yankees can't do the same? Well, Jose Siri is an elite center fielder defensively yeah. speaking mm-hmm. uh michael taylor once again shows up if i could spell his name right it would be even better i was a mecca hell taylor no it's michael michael taylor we make mistakes but that's why we have delete buttons jonathan scope who kind of showed up out of nowhere especially for outs above average boy what a comeback <laughs> uh, i wouldn't call it much of a comeback i mean i think offensively he still sucks but defensively, offensively he still sucks but defensively he was not good last year and 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 yeah. this year he's he's much better so i don't even know what team was he with the tigers this year he was with the Tigers this year, yeah. He played first base mostly, I think. And well, he qualifies at second base here. Uh, Brendan Brendan Rogers stayed healthy enough to uh, qualify here in the top ten. Uh, Christian Walker uh, just blowing the lights out of these defensive metrics at first base. As you know, uh, Austin, it's very difficult for a first baseman to move up these leaderboards because mm-hmm. it, that's the most penalized uh, defensive position in baseball according to these metrics. And then finishing out the top ten are three guys tied for ten. 10th place is Mookie Betts, Jose, Jose Trevino, and Stephen Kwan. And uh, I highlighted the I highlighted these guys by position. So center field would be Miles Straw, Scope at second base, Swanson, Walker, right, uh, and then Mookie Betts at right field, catchers, Jose Trevino, and Stephen Kwan in left. Um, aside from that, anybody outside the top 10 that kind of surprised you? Um, not really. The These guys, besides Ian Happ, I think Ian Happ is really the only one that I was kind of surprised that is up here. But other than that, I, I you know, watching these guys, you know, it doesn't surprise me that they're up here. These guys are all pretty elite, um, pretty elite fielders. The only thing I have to say is it's pretty funny, pretty ironic that the year before you have, uh, you have the Yankees have Gary Sanchez, who's one of the worst fielding catchers that I've ever seen in, in recent time anyway. And then the next, then they get rid of Gary Sanchez. And in the next season, they have the best fielding catcher in Jose Trevino. Yeah. And uh, that's a great move on their part. They got, I mean, Vince, you'll see on my baseball life. He'll mention all the little, uh, the details and deficiencies of the Yankees. And that was one of them. You have to improve your third base output and you have to improve your catching defensively and, because Gary Sanchez's offense is not enough to offset his bad defense. And sure enough, Trevino was pretty darn good offensively, at least adequate enough. And catching defensively, the metrics will show that that's where he comes up big in this list. Let's move over to the outfield. The range. Oh, got to make this bigger. The outfield range and arms aspect of things. So let's start with the range. Dalton Varsho, and again, minimum 750 innings. So uh, for overall metrics, it's split into left field, right field, center field, right? You see that? Mm-hmm. There is no outfield alone. It's just, it's split into three, the outfield is. And that's why Dalton Varsha doesn't show up on this list, uh, on the first list, but he shows up when I only look at outfielders because uh, outfield, it's just outfield. doesn't matter where you played. It's outfield, left field, center field, right field combined. And that's where Dalton Varsha gets penalized on, these, on a list like this is because uh, he was scattered all over the place and, and he played some catcher too that he doesn't show up in the first list but according to the metrics uh that measure range for both defensive run saving and the ultimate zone rating dalton varsha was the best uh outfielder in terms of range last year getting all uh all 20 points that were available in my system here followed by surprise surprise ian happ 
<laughs> and again, Ian Happ played both left field, center field, uh, I believe, if I remember correctly. And he must have played it an almost an equal amount because he did not qualify in the other list, but he qualifies here because it's outfield as a whole. He's second. Michael Taylor, he's the uh, wait, Michael Taylor, Mookie Betts, and Stephen Kwan. So same guys from the previous list are in third. Um, and then Jose Siri, once again, that's why the Rays wanted him. And then, uh, you know, the last guy with 10 points on this list was Trent Grisham, who also appeared on the on the first list as well. Some surprise names are uh, who didn't appear before. Brandon Marsh, we just talked about him. Andrew Benintendi, Max Kepler. Christian Yelich shows up at the end, even though he's been having struggles. Uh, um, he looks like his body's also kind of uh, taking a dip. But uh, defensively, he's still kind of strong in left field, I believe, is where he plays. And Victor Robles, don't forget about Victor Robles. He still uh, is athletic enough to be very rangy in the outfield. Over to the arm. So think about these defensive metrics, Austin, like batting average, right? Because batting average is also not trusted. Yeah, some guys can hit over 300. But what most people I've seen, smarter people than I have, was seen is that it fluctuates from year to year. There's, it's it's not a very predictive uh, um, statistic, and it's not very consistent either because it does fluctuate. Same thing with these defensive metrics. Um, and I mentioned that because uh, we talked about it with Melvin last week where he had Aristides Aquino in right field as his best defense uh, to complete his outfield on, on his list, and you'll get to see it in just a bit. Yeah, I thought but, that was a strange pick. Well, a lot of it has to do – Aquino has a strong arm. He has a very strong arm. And th- that's part of it. And, and if, if Aquino would have uh, played – how many innings did I say? 750 innings because Aquino was well below that threshold. He would have shown up somewhere on the top of this list on his arm alone. Right. And, and now it goes back. Is that – now maybe you know. Is that a thing because Aquino is not uh, – doesn't have – there's not enough video on him or there's not enough of a, of a scout scouting analysis on him where – they feel like they can have liberties because he does have a reputation of kind of being left footed, I guess. But is it just as simple as the base runners didn't know that he had a strong arm or, and then maybe next year it'll go down or is that over, or maybe his arm is that good. What what do you think there? Um, I, I agree. He has a very good arm. Are you, are you talking about why he doesn't show why he's not playing as much? Or are you talking about why? No, no why, why, why his metric, my, his, uh, why his uh, defensive metrics would be so high uh, despite the fact that th- he doesn't have that reputation of, of, of being a really good fielder, but it's mostly out of his arm. Like remember it's split into two. There's yeah. the range factor. And then there's the arm factor. Aquino Aquino's high metrics on defense are because of his high uh, of his arm factor. Right. So it's like, oh, it's, I think, I think it is affected pretty much because of all. I mean, these, these teams scout everything they scout, arms they scout every player so i'm sure they're very aware of the of aquino's strong arm so if aquino's out there in right field you better be bad fast and if you're not bad fast then you ain't running so i'm 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 sure it it his reputation of having a strong arm takes it into consideration and which is why you're not you know on top of him not playing very much um you know, it probably affects his defensive metrics as well. No, it does because he doesn't qualify. He, I mean, I have to drop. Yeah. He only plays 607 innings in the outfield. But right. in those 607 innings, he he racked up these metrics. It doesn't show on the my list. But here, let me just show it to you on the fan graphs list, right? Like, uh, that's the arm. But let's just do ultimate zone rating just for giggles, right? Uh, I just saw him. Okay, that's not a good example. I, it it might have been DRS then because I remember. It, yeah, look, number one. You see that? 
And yeah, DRS. Yeah, number it, one. It's. I mean, you could see that his arm and his uh, ultimate zone rating are very high. Yeah. Um, so he and, would have ranked high in my list too, but you yeah. know, he, he doesn't qualify. But look, it's it's a it's a pretty high. Even the range is pretty damn good. So again, reputation based. But my my thing was. I guess what I was trying to ask was, do you think it's gonna this, these metrics, especially the arm metrics, are gonna drop for a guy like Aquino next year? Now that people know that you're not supposed to run on him, right? If they're if they're paying attention, then yes. And I think a lot of people are going to pay attention. And you know, it's kind of it's kind of funny to see that Aquino's numbers are still this high, even though he's been in the league for a few years now. Because I mean, we saw very early on that he had a very strong arm, so you would think that it would have dipped already. Um, so maybe there's something that we're not seeing and, you know, they're trying to take advantage of it and they haven't been able to yet. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I think, I definitely think though, we'll see a drop, um, in his defensive metrics, because if, if it's this high in 600 innings, then they're not going to want to run on him. Yeah. Then that's my thing. So it's, it's, so yeah, that's how you should picture these stats. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of like batting average. It fluct, it should fluctuate. Um, and the really good fielders, the fluctuation shouldn't be too high. But a guy like Aquino, I don't know, man. That's it's a tough sell because he's never done it before. I'm trying to look to see what he has done before on the other screen here. There it is, advanced field. I mean, he's always had a pretty rest- – oh, no, no. He's never uh, played enough to uh, warrant uh, the high metrics. This is the first year where he finally he got strikes some- out too much. He strikes out too high, too much. and But he hits a lot of home runs too when he actually goes there. So yeah. uh, it remains to be seen if uh, Aristides Aquino can be a, a- – uh, uh, an all-around good player, or at least a, a powerful, like an Adam Duvall type of player. Anyway, uh, uh, other guys who have who got more than ten points on the arm, Adolis Garcia. Which is uh, speaking of guys who strike out too much, there it is. Maybe Aquino yeah. could be the next Adolis Garcia. Uh, Dalton Varsho shows up again. Joey Gallo, another guy who strikes out too much, also, but he has a powerful arm, and people are still messing with it. Uh, Jerickson Profar, who saw a renaissance um, in San Diego this year. And anybody who I'm highlighting right up to Jonathan Daza from Victor Robles to Jonathan Daza, anybody that kind of sticks out to you that you were kind of surprised to see here. I'm surprised that Aaron Hicks is on here because I didn't think he, I didn't, I didn't think he qualified as much. And there were so many boneheaded fielding plays this year uh, from him, not only hitting, but fielding. I'm surprised that he's on here. Well, that's just the arm though. That's just the arm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, he's, oh, I mean, Hicks, I'm sorry to interrupt, but Hicks always has had a very strong arm. And and my surprise is even at his advanced age and how how uh, fragile he can be, he still displays it. So, yeah. So, yeah. So kudos to him for surviving, I guess. But, yeah, I was surprised to see him, too. I thought his arm would fall off. So this year I decided to just add, you know, total range plus total arm and to see what kind of number I get. And sure enough, Dalton Varsha was number one, Miles Straw number two, Michael A. Taylor number three, Mookie Betts, Ian Happ, Adolis Garcia, Stephen Kwan, Joey Gallo, Jose Siri, uh, and three other players tied for 10th place are at the top of this list. So remember that when uh, we, when it's time to pick our players, that these are the guys that showed up as having good range and good arms combined. Let's go over to so the infield. Somebody else to take into consideration here that's just outside that top 10 and 14th and that's basically because of his arm, Aaron Judge. Yeah, oh, Aaron Judge definitely has a strong arm. Yeah, for sure. 
It's definitely not for his range, although I think he's a very good for as big as he is. He's a very good fielding right fielder. I mean, he's big. So, you know, he's you're not going to have as much of a range because he's got to lug all of that around. But he's got a very powerful arm and it makes up for it. I wouldn't I mean, I've I've watched Judge throw enough. I'm not I wouldn't run on Aaron Judge. So. <laughs> so yeah, maybe maybe his metric, his arm metrics would be higher if uh, he didn't have that reputation already. But uh, you see two Yankees there, Aaron Judge and Aaron Hicks, right next to each other. So mm-hmm. let's move over to infield range. And uh, as you can see, I already uh, sorted it by the metric that the range metric that is used by DRS and the range metric that is used by UZR. So I was able to calculate it. Excuse me, I was able to calculate it, and there's a list, Arenado. Uh, finishes as the best uh, fielder in terms of range. So, and as the best uh, range fielding range third baseman, Brendan Rogers uh, is in second and he gets the second base spot. Christian Walker uh, is fifth overall on this list, but he takes over the first base spot and barely making it to the list here in the top in, in 11th place is Jeremy Pena. So he takes over the shortstop spot, but regardless of position, other guys at the top of this list, guys like Brian Hayes, Ramon Arias, who deserves some kudos, Josh Donaldson. We just talked about him, you know, uh, how the Yankees needed to improve the third base, both offensively and, and maintain a good defensive guy there. So Donaldson stepped up. Uh, he finished in tie for six with uh, Jose Ramirez and uh, I don't know, uh, Glavar Torres, another Yankee. So, I mean, a lot of the stuff that the Yankees did this year, uh, improvement, you're seeing it. We're seeing a lot of Yankee players on this list for defense right. alone, which well, last year it would have been the opposite. The thing to consider here, Glavar Torres moved to second base. Originally, yeah. he played third. And short, short, short. Or short, I'm sorry. He played shortstop and did not do well at shortstop. He's mm-hmm. naturally a way better second baseman. So it's it's good that they moved him out of there. Um, the other one, the, and, and a key thing that you don't see here, you see Jam- Jeremy Pena on here, but no Carlos Correa, right? Woo! So in, 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 my, in my opinion, I don't think the Astros miss Correa very much. No, so, no, they they've moved on from him. I mean, they always had a backup plan for Korea. That's why they let him walk. Cause they, they knew they had a Jeremy Pena waiting for that opportunity. And, you know, you know, and it's so funny because I didn't know, I didn't know who Jeremy Pena was be, before this season. And I kept going, why, why did they offer him such a low contract? You know, this guy was a staple in your offense. He was a, you know, staple on your team. How are you not offering him such a bigger contract? And now we, we know why, because well, the other problem with uh, Korea was he had that back problem that was uh, kind of yeah, hindering that's also him. True. So yeah, and but it proved to be costly um a little bit on the twins too. I believe he missed uh some time on the twins because of a back issue. And he wasn't like a uber elite athlete, Jeremy uh uber elite prospect, Jeremy Pena. Uh I see that he was ranked in the top 30, but I never remember him being like this can't miss prospect. He was just a number one on number one on the Astros uh, prospect list. But remember, this is an, an Astros prospect list that was depleted because of all the punishment that was going through with the trash can scandal. So let's Obviously, you don't see a catcher on this list, so I had to create my own uh, catching. And there he is, Jose Trevino. Like, this doesn't do justice as to how dominant Jose Trevino was this year. Jose Trevino like kind of lapped lapped the competition. It's really Jose Trevino and then everybody else. Uh, you know who you don't see on here that you saw all over the place last year? Mm-hmm. Jacob Stallings. That's right, yeah. Injuries, not enough playing time. Uh, yeah, again fluctuation right <laughs> yeah uh drs so i guess this would be a good time to mention what drs does so they they've done uh, uh they've improved the way that they measure how these catchers frame and trevino was 
clearly the best framer. I'm looking at it now, and I dropped it down to 500 innings, and Trevino's just lapping everybody uh, uh, on the on the framing of the strike zone. Uh, it's something called catcher ERA. So I'm not sure if that's a that's a new one that I'm not too uh, confident in describing. But, but I if I if I know what catcher ERA is, uh, but they use I guess run save for catcher ERA. I'm not sure what that R stands for uh, on the DRS side of things. But basically, that is a, a metric that tries to uh, quantify all those intangibles that you hear from uh, managers and, and scouts. Like, oh, yeah, the, this guy, this guy, when he's on, the pitchers are more comfortable. He can call a good play. I think that's what RCR, excuse me, RCERA, which I think it has to be catch ERA, is trying to measure there. Uh Stolen base, again, this is on the other screen, so you're not seeing it, but the stolen base, Real Muto finished as somebody who prevents stolen bases. Nobody runs, nobody better run on Real Muto is basically what it's saying. Uh, good fielding plays, Austin Hedges gets that, but Hedges doesn't appear on this uh, spreadsheet. But yeah, again, ultimately DRS says Trevino, and it's a lot closer than I remembered, but yeah, Trevino, 21 DRS versus Atley Rushman, who's at 18. Austin uh, Hedges is tied for sixth. Ah, thank you. Uh, yeah, thank you for that. So, but to not to, if you can see it, you you see it in front of you. But yeah, Trevino, Rushman, Cal Rally, JT Real Muto, who despite his uh, reputation as being an offensive player, still is among one of the best overall players of pound for pound, even at, at a at a at a position as uh, as punishing as catcher. Real Muto is still in the top five. And Christian Vasquez, who the Houston Astros decided, yeah, we'll take you. We'll take another one of you, despite the fact that they already have Martin Maldonado. And uh, if you're curious, Martin Maldonado, uh, for catchers who played minimum 500 innings, uh, finished tied for 16th on this list in DRS. Again, I think that's that has to go for his uh, reputation as as a defensive catcher. Same same reason why you don't see Yadier Molina up here. Nobody runs on Yadier Molina, right? So. Um, I think it's the same thing, Maldonado. We all know that Martin Maldonado is a defensive asset. Um, so, but I, I also want to give some credit to Adley Rutschman. To the top two people, the top two catchers on this list are two first first year full time catchers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and Adley Rutschman was a rookie. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, I, I got to give some kudos to Adley Rutschman here. It was very very close for me to um, trying to decide whether I wanted Jose Trevino or Adley Rutschman uh, as my all as my all MLB catcher for the podcast picks. Uh, so when I dropped it down to 500 innings, Yadier Molina shows up number seven, uh, actually tied for sixth in uh, DRS. But the minimum that I had used here was 700 innings. Mm. So he misses out. Also missing the cut is Alejandro Kirk. I know you like him a lot. And offensively, he the, uh, no, that's for just for catchers. He missed the cut. Yeah, right. Oh, you like him offensively, but not defensively. I like him offensively. Yeah. Well, he you should like him defensively too. He's uh him and Molina are tied with the same DRS at nine this past season. So so don't don't sleep on Kirk's defense. He is the problem is the Blue Jays have like 20 catchers that can play in any on any yeah. major league team. So right. So that leads us to the big the big thing that we want here is who did the podcast pick for defensive catchers and uh for defensive players? So here it is in all its glory. Felipe goes with Jose Trevino, Christian Walker, Brendan Rodgers, Jeremy Pena, Nolan Arenado, Dalton Varshow, Miles Straw, Mookie Betts, and Austin pretty much had the same players except that he went with Jonathan Scope at second base, Dansby Swanson at shortstop, Ramon Urias at third base, which is kind of surprising. 
uh, Stephen Kwan in the outfield, and Max Kepler, who did not even show up on any of those lists, unless he showed up in outfield. Uh, oh, there he is, right there at the bottom, uh, mostly for his range. So let's see. Um, any other names that stick out for you on, on anybody, like Sean, Vince, Henry, Melvin? We talked about his list last week. Um, but anybody out of the ordinary uh, from these other lists? Uh, I don't see anybody out of the ordinary that I was like, wow, I can't believe that these guys were that these guys are on there. I mean, Melvin has Aristides Aquino, um, which he's the only one I believe to have picked Aristides Aquino. But I'm yeah, sure yeah. Melvin is very aware of his arm, as yes. as a lot of us uh, as a lot of us are. Um, and then, <laughs> you know, what's funny is, uh, you, you and Sean both picked Dalton Varsho and you, Sean have both said how much you like Dalton Varsho. I like Dalton Varsho as well, but he just, and it's, I don't, I maybe going back, maybe I would have picked Varsho instead of Kepler, but I just, the, when, when I was picking these, I knew that I knew that in, in, in third base's case, you have you, you were going to see Nolan Arenado and you were going to see Cabrian Hayes. Those were the two you were going to see. Um, I also wanted to give a shout out to Ramona Rios because he was right there with them, uh, very close to to being there. So I think he should have deserved the spotlight. Um, you know, in reality, you know, Nolan Arenado, Cabrian Hayes probably both edge him out a little bit, but I wanted to give some spotlight to Ramona Rios. Um, yeah, so you know, it's I don't see very many surprising things on here. You know, and. It's no surprise here that I think all of us picked Christian Walker to uh, for oh, yeah. first base. I think that was our only unanimous choice was uh, Christian <laughs> Walker at first base. So, you know, all the rest of us, we've got, uh, it looks like most of them are two or three. Um, we almost had a unanimous Dansby Swanson, and uh, but you decided to go with Jeremy Pena. Yeah, I mean, I saw that you saw the numbers. I, I couldn't deny him. So uh, really quick. Um, so I'll, I'll post these uh, once we're done with the with with this podcast. I, I can individually post these on a different post for everybody to see. I'm also waiting on uh, Vincent Henry to give us our base runners. But uh, there was something I wanted to mention, and it just slipped away. Uh, hmm. Ah, uh, well. If it was important, I, I would have remembered it right away. But yeah, th- this is what the this is what the podcast the other people with podcasts uh, uh, that are connected to baseball life. That's who they pay. Oh, the Orioles, right? So Ramona Rios, you saw a lot of uh, Jorge Mateo. You saw a lot of Adley Rushman. Another reason why there was a renaissance with the uh, Orioles this year was because they had some really good defensive players on this team as well. Yeah. Uh, despite the fact that they have mediocre pitchers, they have a really good bullpen. But And you still have Ryan Mountcastle who strikes out a lot and has a glove, uh, a lead glove <laughs> at wherever he plays. I knew you were going to, I knew you were going to poke at Mountcastle. Uh-huh. Well, it. here are the gold glove winners. Uh it's uh, pretty much a similar list. Vladimir Guerrero is a big surprise in the American League, but I saw the list from last year, and Guerrero, Guerrero's not too bad. And, and even Vince, uh, and privately, we were talking. I, I cannot believe that Vladimir Guerrero won that fat piece of, you know what, you know, he's a Blue Jays, uh, yeah, Blue Jays player. Vince is a Yankee fan, so of course he's going to call that against him. He's going to fat shame Vladimir Guerrero. But I told him, who who's the real winner? Who's the real, the best first baseman in the American League? And I looked at the metrics, and it's uh, Vladimir Guerrero, Vince. Well, f- screw this list, then I'm done. But Vince, <laughs> you can pick whoever you want. It doesn't. It's not league related. It's it's Major League Baseball. Uh, you can use anybody in Major League Baseball. Then give me Christian Walker. 
like just you know, like like the guy from uh, from Spider Man. What's his name? J. Jonah Jameson. Like, yeah. but uh, <laughs> but Guerrero's uh, metrics justify him getting the American League Gold Glove. Andres Jimenez, I don't have a problem with Brandon Rogers in the National League at second base. Shortstop Jeremy Pena and Dansby Swanson. We just talked about that. Uh, you pick your pick, Ramon Arias. He got the American League Award. Nolan Arenado dominated the National League at third base. Um, left field went to Stephen Kwan, and you and the National League they gave it to Ian Happ, which. Uh, again, I guess we could be happy with those results, although I'm kind of questioning that there has to be a better left fielder in the National League. But we saw the list, whatever. It's I mean, he shows up on the list at the very bottom uh, of all the other spreadsheets. So Miles Straw and Trent Christian at center field. Right field, Kyle Tucker, who nobody picked. Or- yeah, that one, that one's a surprise to me. That one I was, I don't know. I, yeah. I didn't see Kyle Tucker in any anywhere close to the top of any defensive metrics. You know, I was looking at these gold glove winners and I'm like, you know what? They're getting better. A gold glove is not as much of a popularity contest anymore. They're actually looking at, you know, the 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 metrics and yeah. awarding it to the actual best fielders. And then you got Kyle Tucker's like, where the hell was Kyle Tucker in any of this? I don't under, I don't understand. That's the only one that makes zero sense to me. I have no clue. No idea. Well, if we are to uh, go with an ounce above average, which is an, uh, a stat that we haven't utilized, uh, Max Kepler is number one, and Dalton Marsh is number two. Mookie Betts, oh, Kyle Tucker's number five, but I guess mm-hmm. the other names are not sexy enough. I mean, On baseball I, I, savant? Uh, yeah, this is the outs above average. Yeah. Uh, minimum 500 innings. Uh, I guess you could have given it to uh, it, just right field only. You, Max Kepler would have been a better choice according to the metrics, but Kyle Tucker does finish number one in the American league in right field, but you saw the list. We didn't see him show up at all at all on, on any spreadsheets. Uh, what about DRS? Maybe DRS something. I don't something think I could tell. Him on DRS either. But, well, I'm on it right now on the other screen. Oh, Kyle Tucker's number one in the American league. Oh, all right. So then. There you go. This shows that what we know, right? Good huh. job, Kyle Tucker. Yeah. I, I just, Overall, it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense to us because of what we've seen. I mean, where was he? How come he doesn't show up? Uh, oh, because I only did the top weird. ten. You feel like one of us, some of us, one one of us, one out of the six or seven of us would have seen it. But <laughs> I'm doing it right now. See where he would have shown up. So I did 750 innings, right? And Kyle Tucker is 18th, uh, actually tied for 17th uh, in DRS overall. Mm. regardless of fielders. So, yeah, he's outside the top 10. So, all right, we'll give it to them. Good job, uh, baseball writers. Mookie Betts is a, is a National League. That, that one's a, a slam dunk. That, as that as one's a given. Pitchers, we don't do pitchers here because I think uh, the pitchers are the most uh, – the worst athletes <laughs> on the diamond. But Shane Bieber and Max Fried, I couldn't tell you if they were any good. I mean, well, let's find out. Do they even They qualify? were the best at PFPs, I guess, this year. I don't I don't know what to tell you. I, just, I don't understand gold gloves for pitchers. I, I don't get it. I'm Every wrong. time I see a pitcher, they, they don't hit, and they just seed to the infielders. So I'm looking at it right now. DR, so DRS is the only metric that measures pitching defensive metrics. Tyler Anderson finished number one uh, among qualified pitchers. Hmm. Corbin Burns, number two. Max Fried, number three. Okay. And Shane Bieber, tied for third. So there you go. The third best right. pitchers won the award. So they're using the metrics, man. They're not getting lazy. And the, the utility spot, that's the new one, which I, I don't know how to feel about that, but Brendan Donovan and DJ LeMahieu won it for both their respective leagues. I would have, If I had a vote, I would have given it to Jorge Mateo or someone like that. I would have given it to Mateo, I think, too. And then maybe Dalton Varsho, because you got to account. You got to say something about. Um, oh, yeah, and Varsho. I keep forgetting that Varsho plays catcher, too. 
Yeah, I mean, you talk about utility. I'm trying to see if anybody on the infield spots. No, but if it's utility, it, it should be infield and outfield. I, I don't know why Dalton Marshall couldn't be given the award, honestly. Yeah, that was – and you know what? Just, I, just a sidebar. That was my difficulty with what qualifies as a utility player. And in, in the, the, it's the specific case of does Shohei Otani qualify as a utility player because he hits and pitches? Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately, I was like, he doesn't – normally he plays dh he doesn't normally play an out and and a position at out on the field so in my mind you know before dh pitchers did the pitchers did that too they pitched and then they went up there and they hit um so i i didn't it's tough because i think in my best hitters in my utility spot oh but we changed the definition of of utility player but in this case in terms of gold glove winners I mean, I don't know. It's tough. Uh, the definition of utility player is a little vague right now. Yeah. I, I would have preferred just giving it to the next guy who shows up on the list. Like you guys like, uh, I mean, if we go back to outfield, oh, there you are. Um, Miles Straw, I would have given him something. Although Miles Straw is primarily a center fielder. So maybe give it to somebody like Ian Happ who plays left field and center field. Uh, who's another good example? Jerickson Profar. I mean, he, ranks really high and up for his arm and he could play anywhere. Although primarily now he's an outfielder, but if you want to, you know, be that vague with utility player, I mean, direction profile definitely qualifies as one. Yeah. I think that's going to be the next debate is what qualifies as a utility player. Because if you play left and center field, that's more than one position. Yep, is yep. a utility player in my mind, a utility player is somebody who plays infield and outfield. Like or, Amir Rosario, Amir Rosario, like I think Rosario, or I would, I would qualify. Um, I would say Dalton Varsho is a utility player because he catches yeah. and plays the outfield. Yep. That's a utility player. Um, so I, I don't know. I feel like playing two outfield positions, you're just an outfielder. You're not a utility player. Um, yeah. Cause if that's Chris the case Taylor is the epitome of utility players. Because oh yeah. Like, Field and outfield. Kike Hernandez plays infield and outfield. So I don't know. I think uh, I think that'll yeah. probably be the next debate here in the next couple and of years. And let's face it, qualify. these guys get these guys get penalized for playing multiple positions because they, yeah. that means that they don't show up on the leaderboards for as a whole for what they can do as a whole for playing multiple right. positions. And you know what? I'm all for having a award for utility players because there is a growing number of utility players, and being a utility player is hard. Because you got to know all the different aspects of each position and each position is uniquely different and how to play it defensively. So, you know, and it's very difficult to um, to transition from one defensive position to another, not only defensively, but there's no consistency. And then you have to go and hit, you know what I mean? So, and, and in yep. my mind, and I say this as a former utility player, I played, you know, second and short and third. And then I played the outfield and I also caught at the, you know, when I started playing uh, college, I was a catcher and an outfielder. So, you know, I, I know what it's like to transition from different, different positions. And it's difficult to have that inconsistency and then have to go up there and hit, yeah. you know what well, I mean? So well, I, I uh, mad respect to utility players, but I think we need to define what a utility player is. I mean, it started with Ben Zobris, man. He made that position sexy, the super utility player. And now we see the evolution of it where now they're handing out awards for utility players. And we're still kind of, I mean, I think Donovan and Donovan played all over the place. So yeah. that's fine. DJ LeMahieu, Don- second base and first base, I guess third base sometimes. 
But yeah, we have to. Uh, I I would have given it to Jorge. Mateo. I would have found room for Jorge Mateo yeah. to uh, get his kudos. Yeah, and, it, and then that's the other thing is because now that I'm thinking about it, I've also considered somebody like Max Muncy as a utility player, but he only plays the infield. He just plays multiple infield positions. Yeah. But if you go out in the outfield, I, I don't necessarily consider a left field center fielder, a utility player. So I think there has to be a clear definition on what a utility. And, player. and I, and I wish that fan graphs could kind of incorporate these leaderboards wholly, as opposed to positionally. I wish, because a Javier Baez also can play multiple positions and he's, really amazing no matter where you put him like i and say what you will about him about his offense and how uh uh his showboating style but i mean he can showboat because he's that damn good but he rarely shows up anywhere on these leaderboards because he plays too many positions um and that used to penalize him in chicago but the, the leaderboard doesn't show up because they only do it by position if you're not playing enough games at shortstop and second base you're not going to show up on these lists. So, so I don't know. So maybe if, if we were to dig the numbers, maybe these guys, when you combine all their metrics, it does post a sexy number, but uh, yeah, I, I just wish it was an easier way to keep track of these guys. Anyway, we got to move on best base runners. And as you can see, that's a big ass spreadsheet. So I'll try not to uh, dilly dally too much here, but basically there's a stolen base. Uh, you see the minimum requirements, 450 plate appearances, a minimum of 10 stolen bases. Jorge Mateo uh, wins that. He was a stolen base leader this year, apparently. Uh, there's the rest of the guys, Cedric Mullins, Tommy Edmond. Um, you're going to see a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, what do you call them, uh, Baltimore Oriole players on this list. I did batting average, but again, with the caveat that you need to steal at least 10 stolen bases. And guys like Freddie Freeman, Aaron Judge show up on the list like what they're not they're not base runners yeah well they stole more than 10 stolen bases this year Freddie Freeman is an excellent base running uh, excellent base runner he's a you'll cool, see I, I love watching him run the base he's a very smart base runner same thing with runs scored uh you know usually runs uh number of runs scored usually that there's a correlation with uh with high on base guys and high on base guys is usually these power hitting guys and guys who walk a lot well their caveat is you got to steal at least 10 stolen bases Again, Aaron Judge, Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, Jose Altuve, Trey Turner. It's a who's who, right? Yeah. It's a who's who. Kyle Schwarber makes the list because they decided that uh, once Rob Thompson, I, we noticed that once Rob Thompson took over, it seemed like uh, he was giving everybody the green light to just steal bases, which it, it explains why JT Ramuto. Uh, he won the tacos able- for the World Series, Kyle Schwarber. Schwarber, the, yeah. And then the real Schwarber Mo- taco. And real, <laughs> and real Muto, I think he stole 20 bases this year too. So from people thought, oh yeah, he's not gonna steal. He's not gonna steal these bases. Yeah, a career high last, uh, this past season, 21 stolen bases, and he was always a very good steal, uh, a base stealer uh, for a catcher. Yeah, so, Real Muto uh, the, is another one. He's he's good. He's he's the fastest catcher, and he's a good base runner. So oh. the, so then we got the three by five heroes. So if you play fantasy, you play roto. That's it's the stolen bases. Uh, where you ranked in stolen base, where you ranked in batting average, and where you ranked in runs, right? Um, and the the output is Aaron Judge, Freddie Freeman. Ah, oh, those guys aren't base dealers. How oh, you can say? Well, hey, they stole more than ten stolen bases, and they were productive on a batting average. Which again, batting average usually the advantage goes to the slappy hitters who are also fast because they are fast. They can get those infield hits, uh, but. You know, those guys stole 10 stolen bases. Aaron Judge, Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner, Jose Altuve, Jorge Mateo uh, sneaks in because of his stolen base prowess. He didn't do much of anything else, though. But there's Mookie Betts, there's Marcus Simeon, there's Cedric Mullins, Tommy Edmond, Randy Arizona to do the top 10. 
stolen base net uh is uh stolen base when it's caught stealing right uh Tommy Edmund I know that's a guy you like Sean absolutely loves him and he's uh not just a uh not to, not only does he rack up the stolen bases but he's very efficient uh with his stolen bases as well he doesn't get caught too much and I forgot what this the number was for him but he finishes number one in this category there's Jorge Mateo again you're going to see his name a lot Trey Turner Cedric Rollins Bobby Wood Jr making his appearance here and Kyle Tucker we just talked about him so yeah uh I'm going as fast as I can because I know we we waste we we spend a lot of time on defensive so I'm trying to get to all these spreadsheets as quickly as possible home runs minimum 450 plate appearances 10 stolen bases Aaron Judge number one how do you feel about that home run uh Aaron Judge constantly showing up at the top of these uh base running metrics so to speak Austin <laughs> I I mean I mean when when you produce like he did this year everything's going to click for you. Um, so, you know, he, he's got, he's got the power and, you know, he's, he's, he's got the power. Sorry. I, I was just thinking that too. I was about to say. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's not a surprise to me that he's up here because he just, he produced so much for the Yankees. And then there was a period of like a month and a half where he just put them on their, on his back and just produced all the offense for them. So you know, it doesn't surprise me. Quick question. How many stolen bases did Aaron Judge get this year? Um, uh, 16. Yep, 16. I was right. Oh, my God. Okay. 16, yeah. Um, Career stolen, high. Stolen base net for Tommy Edmond is 29. Ah, thank you for that. Thank you. So, yeah, it's, that's pretty damn high. Uh, so where are we? Home runs. So yeah, Kyle Schwarber got the, more than 10 stolen bases. Mookie Betts. I mean, he, we know who Mookie Betts is. Shohei Otani, once again, proving that he's not a one-trick pony. And Kyle Tucker round out the top five. Power and speed. So that's basically how many home runs plus stolen bases that you get. And it's based on the rankings. So Aaron Judge, Jorge Mateo at the top of the leaderboard, Kyle Schwarber, Kyle Tucker, Cedric Mullins, Mookie Betts, Tommy Edmond. Again, it's who's who, right? Uh, Julio Rodriguez is one that sh- shows up finally. That's uh, different. He who rounds out the top 10, Julio Rodriguez had an excellent season. Also the triples, because I know when you think triples, those are extra base hits, but let's face it, usually the fast guys get all the triples, and there he is. I mean, Rosario, he's a fast guy, right? Yep. Jorge Mateo, Stephen Kwan, Gavin Lux showing up here with the triples. He tied for second uh, with along with those other guys. And, and Brandon Nimmo, what he lacks in home run power, he makes up for it in triples. And then everybody else, it's a list of 10 people because uh, – Triples are a rarity, so they all get bunched up together like that. Maybe I should have just done the top five instead of top ten, but here we are. I have a speed demons metric, so that's uh, where did you rank in runs, stolen bases, and triples, right? So I sort that. Jorge Mateo, well at number one. Uh, uh, Austin, do you see anybody that's kind of surprising you on this uh, on this uh, speed demons list? Um, I think the only reason why Cedric Mullins is kind of surprising at number 10 is because he kind of took a step back offensively this year. Um, So I think just for the simple fact that I didn't think he produced as much offensively is why I'm surprised he's on here. Oh, believe Um, me. It was frustrating as a Cedric Mullins owner. uh, You know, I won the championship thanks to him. But it was very frustrating because you were expecting the same production like last year. Yeah. And you're right. He did take a step back, but he still sold 34 bases and hit 16 home runs, which you would take that on any given year. But he did 30-30 last year. Yeah. But one thing that's one thing that's uh, interesting to me, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, most of these guys, their home ballpark are, are big. They're big ballparks. Well, Jorge uh, Mateo. I don't know. He plays in Baltimore. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that's just because Mateo's fast. But Bobby Witt Jr., you know, Kauffman Stadium is 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 huge. You have yeah. Marcus yeah. Simeon where that Texas, that, yeah. that Texas, Texas is big. Cleveland is big. Um, Aaron Judge, I think, I mean, it it uh the power and the uh stolen bases, I think, uh get him get him up there. Not necessarily the triples, but the power and the stolen bases do. Um Trey Turner, Dodger Stadium. Yeah. Another, you know, bigger park, uh, pitcher type park. The so. trade they're not finishing the top 10, though, in uh, triples, though, just to point yeah. that out. So that's, that's probably, it's power and uh, stolen bases. Uh, stolen bases. So, you know, I, I I'm just kind of noticing a little, a little trend there. And I think it has to do with the triples. Uh, the, you know, you, you're only hitting a triple if you have enough room. So, yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Uh, and there's uh, ultimate base running, which is an advanced metric. So basically, that tries to do the same thing that the other defensive metrics do, the, the defensive run saved and the uh, ultimate zone rating, is how effective were you as a base runner? And did your exploits in the in, in on the base pads lead to more run production? Almost a completely different list. <laughs> yeah, Elvis Andrews shows up, which hey, – we saw with the White Sox, he almost uh, was a spark plug that they needed to make the playoffs. It didn't work, but he was there. Marcus Simeon shows up. Xander Bogarts, Ronald Acuna finally showing up on, on. Oh yeah, he was already stolen bases, but Ronald Acuna showing up again there. Sorry about that. Atley Rushman making his debut on this list. Nicky Lopez, uh, one of Sean's favorite guys. Uh, who else? Uh, Tommy Pham and Dylan Carlson. Way to stolen bases. Basically, are your stolen bases leading to runs? Is is the dumbest way I can explain it. Tommy Edmund. Yeah, his his stolen bases lead to run scored. So good for him. Yeah. Uh Trey Turner shows up again. There's uh, JT Riomuto. Yeah, there's a reason why they were letting him run cuz it, it it leads to runs. Yep. Miles Straw, I know we like him a lot. Jorge Mateo once again showing up on this list. Kyle Tucker, Josh Rojas, uh that's Sean's favorite guy. Uh, Nico Horner, when he was healthy, he was a very effective base dealer. And Jose Altuve runs out the top 10. And, oh, I forgot to mention Bobby Witt Jr. So who's who? And then Most you of add- these guys in the weighted stolen bases, high-powered offenses. Oh, yeah, that'll do it. Well, yeah, if you stole bases, you're damn better have someone behind you driving you in. So it you better know, lead yeah, to Yeah, you something. got Tommy Edmond, who the so- solid Cardinals offense. You had Trey Turner. I mean, we know we know the Dodgers lineup is loaded. You know, it was it's a lot. JT Real Muto, high-powered Phillies offense. Miles Straw, the, the, the Guardians had a very good offense this year. You know, most of these guys, Kyle Tucker is six, Jose Altuve. Um, you know, I want to, I want to highlight Jose Altuve for a second. They said at the beginning of the year that he wasn't going to be stealing any bases. And yet he stole, I think like 20 or 15 <laughs> stolen bases this year. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. It just, I just thought that was, that was funny. He's kind of, even though he's had some injuries, uh, to his legs over the years, it seems like he had an increase in base running production this year. Yeah. Especially compared to the last couple of seasons, but yeah, this year. 18 stolen bases Yeah, to couple that with 28 home runs, which again, it's an improvement to what he did in 2019, 2020 and 2021, uh, where he combined to steal 13 stolen bases, albeit the 2020 season was shortened, but that 2020 season, he only stole two stolen bases in yeah. 48 games. So, yep. so yeah, he was on, on pace to not steal more than 10, but he came back to his roots. Makes me wonder what he's doing to get back to those roots, but I digress. He's already gone through enough in this in this in his uh the last couple of seasons uh so then you add ubr versus uh plus wsb the weighted stolen bases plus the ultimate base running tommy Edmund sweeps the that metric as well 
So we heard a lot about Tommy Edmond. We heard a lot about Jorge Mateo. Who do you think is going to be the best base runner this year? Uh, it's got to be Mateo. Uh, well, I gave it away because I highlighted his number. But yeah, Mateo by a long. Was he, I wasn't even paying attention to the number. So yeah. <laughs> be, uh, he beats out Tommy Edmond by eight points. I've never done this before where I combine all the little separate things here. The, the All the color coordinated um, uh, columns, as you mm-hmm. see there, the orange, yellow, green, green. There's a reason why I color things. But Mateo, uh, when you combine all these metrics, Mateo wins out Tommy Edmond in second, Trey Turner in third. Cedric Mullins was fourth, Bobby Witt Jr. in fifth. So that leads us to where did the podcast pick these guys? And of course, I'm still waiting on Vincent Henry. Hopefully they'll uh, get me their answers soon. I know Vince's on vacation and Henry is always busy on the weekends. So I, uh, I'll be patient with those guys. But I went with Jay. Go ahead. I said he's a busy, busy man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, good morning to actually good afternoon to Angel, who's watching from Utah. How you doing? JT Real Mudo, number one. I uh, was my catcher. Freddie Freeman at first. Tommy Edmond at second. Jorge Mateo is my shortstop. Bobby Witt Jr. is at third base. Randy Rosarena in the outfield, along with Cedric Mullins. Aaron Judge. But he's not a base dealer. He doesn't do anything on the base pass. Hey, home runs for stolen bases. We want that power speed combination, right? And then Trey Turner. To finish out the utility spot, Sean went with Dalton Varsho. I, I, he, I don't think he showed up on the other list. He didn't show up on any lists. Probably because he didn't play enough games. Maybe. Maybe. That, that's my. So I mean, 450 was my cutoff. I couldn't go any lower than that. Uh, Freddie Freeman. Uh, so we matched there. We matched on Tommy Edman. We matched at Bobby Witt Jr. by the different positions. But Josh Rojas. That's he's Sean has this weird affinity to. Sean loves Rojas. that dude. I swear. You know who else he loves? Stephen Kwan and Miles Straw makes his outfield. So that's where uh, him and I differ. And then Ronald Acuna is his uh, outfielder, his third outfielder. And Jorge Mateo is his utility player. Go ahead and uh, you could do both Austin and Melvin. So I went uh, for my uh, all-base running team. I made, uh, did a catcher at JT Romuto. First base, Freddie Freeman. Second base, Tommy Edmond. So, you know, pretty pretty much par for the course there. Uh, I have Trey Turner at shortstop. Uh, matches your utility player. Um, I just, I couldn't. I, I couldn't leave Trey Turner off this list. Um, third base, I, I I decided to go with Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez didn't show up on a lot of top tens, but you know when you look at just the strict base running and stuff, he's a good base runner for for third base. So I gave it to Jose Ramirez. Um, uh, my outfield picks, I picked Stephen Kwan and Miles Straw as well, and then R- Ronald Acuna Jr. So mine matches Sean, and then I have uh, Jorge Mateo as my utility. Uh, all all base runner there. Uh, and then Melvin from Baseball Cosmos, he went with JT Real Muto at catcher, uh, Freddie Freeman and Tommy Edmond. So Felipe, myself, and Melvin both have are all have the same uh, first three there. And then at shortstop, it starts to get different. Uh, he decided to go with Elvis Andrews. Um, so good pick there because he was on some of our lists. Uh, mm-hmm. He also had Bobby. He had Bobby Witt Jr. at third, same as Felipe. And then he decided to go with Stephen Kwan uh, along with Sean and I. And then he picks Trent Grisham as a uh, as his outfielder. And then uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. as well. And then he picks Jorge, uh, Jorge Mateo as his utility player. I'm making up uh, the list for Vince here. I know he's going to go with these guys anyway. Josh Donaldson. He's basically going to pick all the Yankee players. So I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> all well, right. Henry will do that. 
Oh yeah, Henry will do that. It's not a homer pick. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> he was so like, it's not a homer pick. I swear. Like, okay, it's Jose Trevino. We know he's a good player on, on defense. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, uh, all the way, all the way, all the way down. It was Jose Trevino, and then you see Henry at the end. Jose Trevino, not a homer pick. Like, bro, we all picked Jose Trevino. So, <laughs> that's the, you know what? I, I, that's the one thing I forgot to do. I wanted to read some of his comments that when he was doing this list. So let me see. My, my uh, favorite, my favorite one was when he picked Cabrian Hayes, and then he said, "Fuck Nolan Arenado." <laughs> of course. Uh, let's see. Gold Glove. Okay, not a homer pick. Jonathan Scope. Talk about a bounce back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, although I don't remember what he did defensively, Jonathan Scope, but yeah, he definitely uh, showed that he was still mattering. And for defensive uh, metric, he put Aaron Judge, the real MVP. So <laughs> for base running, oh, he didn't do anything for base running yet. So as an uh, Angel fan, I'd say he's an MVP. I'd say Aaron Judge is an and is the MVP. There you go. Let's go. All right. Well, speaking of MVP, let's. This is uh, the main event of this whole thing. The best hitters <laughs> as we try to wrap up in the next. Uh, half hours so let's do, it. let's do this uh there it is in all its glory the top hitters in all of baseball aaron judge on the four statistical categories i use sweeps <laughs> both the rate stats and the counting stats uh I'll, I'll be at these are advanced metrics still he sweeps both the counting and the um rate stats getting all 40 available points in second place was paul goldschmidt Jordan alvarez in third Freddie Freeman in fourth, Jose Altuve in fifth, Mike Trout in sixth, Manny Machado in seventh, Austin Riley in eighth, Nolan Arenado in ninth, Juan Soto in tenth. And where's Shohei Atani in all this? Sixteenth. And he only got the accumulative, the, the cumulative version of WRC plus, just plain old WRC. He got one point for his efforts there. Uh, Yandy Diaz is another shocker there as well. Um, and you would agree that Julio Rodriguez is kind of a shocker that he got so much hype and didn't really um, place in the top 10 on a lot, on a lot of these uh, metrics. But he's also a rookie and there's a lot of hitters. That no excuses. Really, a lot of really good hitters. So, you know, kudos to him for even showing up on a list. No excuses. No excuses. <laughs> no, he strikes out. He needs to cut back in the strikeouts for sure. But uh, yeah, no, he did. Uh, like you said, just a rookie still shows up in the top 16. So good for him. So not a lot of surprises here, right, Austin? No, not really. It's pretty much the who's who of offense. Um, the only one Juan Soto uh, kind of dipped off when he when he went to San Diego, but I think the I think his uh, his weighted runs created there kind of saved him, and I think it's because he gets on base so much, he he walks so much. So um, there you, go. you know, other than that, I'm not really surprised. It's the who's who of offense on here. Hey, man, you know what? Him being in Washington didn't do him any favors either. So that's also true. You know, do you notice anything that's missing here, Austin? Oh, uh, there's no shortstops. It's a lot of corner infielders and outfielders. Yeah, those power hitting uh, traditional. Uh, even Yandy Diaz shows up here, which really surprised me. But Sean will tell you, hey, I knew that Yandy Diaz was always good. You guys are always hitting on me like you're loving Yandy Diaz. Okay, Sean. I mean, I had Yanni Diaz on a couple of my on a couple of my fantasy teams. So yeah, it's the weirdest thing. Every time I get Yanni Diaz, he sucks, but he still shows up on these damn lists. But let's <laughs> let's look for a shortstop. Let's go on to the next spreadsheet. Let's make this one a little bit bigger for the class. All the way big. Yeah. Uh, again, same metrics. Woba, WRC plus, off offensive runs above uh, replacement, which is the war metric that they utilize. Uh, the, somehow this number is connected to this number right here, the Woba. And I forgot what the calculation was, but I'm going to go with it. Screw it. Because it's a this is Woba is a rate stat, and this is a cumulative stat. So, And WRC 
has to do with WRC plus, but this is a rate stat. WRC without the plus is a cumulative stat. And it was a close race for the top. Uh, at, in sixth was, in distant sixth was Dan, Dansby Swanson. In fifth was Carlos Correa. So we make fun of the fact that the Astros were more than happy to give it to Carlos Correa. But when he was healthy, Correa did produce at the position. So good for him. Francisco Lindor in fourth. Bo Bichette in fifth, despite uh, in third, I should say, despite the fact that this was kind of a down year for him, and he still produced at the position. Trey Turner, uh, my number one pick overall, although he didn't <laughs> show up, uh, my number one pick overall that you guys that was more than happy to take in the baseball life. Uh, I'm sorry, in the podcast league, uh, yep. he finishes in second. And guess number one, another Felipe pick, Xander Bogarts. Uh, so in that same podcast league, I got both Trey Turner as my number one pick, and then Xander Bogarts was also like a in the first five rounds. And because of that, he wins the best shorts, the best hitting shortstop uh, in 2022. Um, any problem with that, Austin? Nope. This is again, the who's who of offensive shortstops. So let, let's count that. So Bogarts, Trey Turner, those two were my, on the podcast league. Aaron judge was on the podcast. was on my team in the podcast league. Anybody else? No. I had Jose Altuve. Oh, okay. Okay. And no, that's it. Uh, I mean, I had other I players. I had Freddie Freeman, too. Okay. Well, then no wonder you won into final. But uh, yeah, turns out the winning all the way to the last minute for to get a pitcher was the right strategy all along. I guess so. I guess so. Yum, 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 yum. All right. Let's go on to the catchers because we also don't have any catchers. What's the minimum here? 400 plate appearances, right? And six was Sean Murphy, who had a bounce back year. Now, that's a real bounce, but not this Jonathan Scope crap. Sean Murphy mattering again. Uh, and now he's swirled in trade talks. Even the White Sox are interested, which kind of has me concerned. But last year, Sean Murphy hit 17 home runs. This year, he hit 18 home runs. But he cut back on his strikeouts and increases on base percentage and all his other race stats. So good for him. Alejandro Kirk, your guy, finishes in fifth. Adley Rushman, the Orioles savior, finishes in fourth. Will Smith, Sean's favorite guy, and not the pitching Will Smith or the guy who slaps for his wife's defense. No, it's the catcher from the LA Dodgers finishing in third. Wilson Contreras. Will Smith still slapped. Uh, he doesn't play baseball. He doesn't. Oh, slaps the ball. Yeah, good. That's a good one. I like that. I thought you were talking about base. Ding 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 good. Wilson Contreras, which I drafted him as my first. It's a two catch league in the baseball life league. I drafted him as my number one catcher, and Aaron gave me so much crap. But the numbers don't lie. All when he was healthy, all he did was produce, despite the maybe that his, he might strike out too much. But you know what? I'll take the home runs and everything else that comes with a Wilson Contreras. He finishes in second, but again, no brainer. JT Real Muto finishes in first. Uh, anybody that you are shocked to see or that maybe you're wondering that is missing on this top six list here? I think maybe it's because I didn't pay attention to the A's enough this year because, well, they're the A's. Um, but you know, Sean Murphy, good to see Sean Murphy on there. I had believed in him a couple years ago and, uh, he didn't do well for me. So, you know, it's nice to see Sean Murphy on here. Um, but other than that, not really surprised. Alejandro Kirk had a great offensive year this year. Adley Rutschman had a great breakout rookie season this year. Makes me wonder why, uh, the Orioles waited this long to bring him up there. And then the other time. I guess. And the first and the and the top three there, I mean, that's those are the best hitting catchers. And we knew that those were the best hitting catchers going in. Um, I would have thought it would have been um maybe Smith up top um going into the season, but other than that, doesn't surprise me. 
And finally, I think we're down to our last, oh, yeah, the last couple of spreadsheets. So the podcast picks, I'm still waiting on Melvin's MVP. And I'm still waiting on Vince and Henry to show up uh, to create their uh, list altogether. But here it is. I went with JT Real Muto as my shortstop. Oops, I did too much here. Go back. Real Muto is my catcher. Sorry, Real Muto is my catcher. Paul Goldschmidt is my National League MVP and my starting first baseman. Jose Altuve is my starting second baseman. Xander Borgers are short. Manny Machado at third. Jordan Alvarez in the outfield, along with Mike Trout and Aaron Judge, your AL MVP. And Freddie Freeman is my utility player. And that's Freddie, not Fredit. Fredit. Fredit Freeman. Yeah, I was, you could tell I was rushing at the end. Uh, Sean, again, he loves Will Smith, so that's his catcher. Numbers be damned, damn it. And of course, he's not—he's never going to admit that JT Ramuto is the best catcher. Because, yeah, I, yeah, I, I put it this way to him all the time. Maybe if JT Ramuto was the starting catcher for the Mets, maybe it would be the Mets in the World Series and not the <laughs> Phillies. No, but, well, I just can't justify a hundred million dollars. I just can't justify a hundred million dollars for an aging catcher like that. Well, this aging catcher got twenty-one stolen bases. Well, Buck doesn't run. Does Buck Showalter run? How do the Mets do in stolen bases? That's a no. that's. Not well. I don't think they did well. No, let's find out. But they anyway, get Paul- hit. They, they 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 do really well in hit by pitches, but I don't think they do well in stolen bases. <laughs> well, you know what, uh, Austin? We here at the podcast, we all we do is fact check everything. So with that being said, we'll delay the awards for just a bit and see where exactly the Mets rank in stolen bases. By the way, the Rangers were number Rangers and the Marlins were number one and number two in stolen bases this past year. You know what they have in common there, Austin? They both suck. Yeah, they both suck ass. <laughs> Mets finished 23rd overall in uh, stolen bases. Yep, the Guardians. Huh? I said, yep, didn't do well. Told you. But it's stolen bases. I mean, they yeah. again, usually the uh, the good teams uh, don't need to rely on stolen bases. You just mentioned the Rangers and Marlins. They suck. Uh, Cleveland isn't third in stolen bases, but that, that, it, that strategy worked out for them, right? So, yeah. Their now, team was built for it. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Jose Ramirez, even Jose Ramirez, who's our best slugger, also steals a lot of bases for sure. Mm-hmm. Hit by pitch, right? Mets. It was the Mets. Okay. Not the Astros, but I thought the Astros were, they want a revenge and stuff. It's the Mets by a landslide. Yeah. The Mets were getting hit. A t- I believe, if I remember correctly, they actually broke the major league record in team hit by pitches this year. Wow. Well, now I'm curious who has led the league and hit by pitches since it's 20 Met, I'm pretty sure since 2020. Oh, since 2020. Well, the Mets have been getting hit by pitches a lot lately, so I wouldn't be surprised. Although I wouldn't be surprised if it was some somebody like Jose Altuve too. No, well, I'm not I'm just doing by team, but I could do individual. Okay, uh, the Mets. Yeah, last year uh, it, it, it uh, swelled up their numbers, uh, beating out the Reds and the Cubs and the Brewers and the Cardinals. Oh, interesting. Reds, Cubs, Brewers, Cardinals, all National League Central teams. National League Central. Yeah, so then there's uh must be some. And I'm sure blood. it's because they're hitting each other. No, that's what I mean. There must be some rivalry thing going. I know the Pirates and Reds seem to always clear benches. Not so much now that what's his face? Amir Garrett is no longer with the team. Astros 21st. Hold on now. Astros 21st since 2020 hit by pitches. Tied wow. with tied in 21st. The Philadelphia Phillies. 
<laughs> All right, but you're gonna say, okay, well, that does, 2022. That was the Mets year to get hit by pitch. They're cocky, you know. Buck Buck Showalter is Buck Showalter. All right, so who since 2020, right? Trash cans. The teams are pissed off. You know, they want revenge. Who was the number one team getting hit by pitch and since 2020? From 2020 to 2021, can you guess? It's got to be the Mets. Mets are number two. Oh, number one and number three. Are the Cubs and Reds probably because they're just hitting each other? They're just hitting each other. <laughs> uh, where's Houston on all of this? Houston is 22nd. Tw- yeah, I was going to say they're below 20th, I'm sure. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. Well, 2020, that was the year, right? That was the year that everybody hated the Astros. Let's just look at the 2020. Who led the league in hit by pitches? Because everybody was going for the Astros. They were hunting them down. Can you guess what the number one team in hit by pitches is in 2020? Cubs. Cubs, yep. Ah, um, number two. I want to roll today. <laughs> number two. Can you guess who number two is? Reds. No, the Mets. Oh, damn. <laughs> Red, Reds number seven, though. So uh-huh. the Astros, a team that doesn't strike out a lot, post high contact rates, very, pay, uh, you know, very uh, solid team. 24th and hit by uh, 23rd, actually, tied with the Braves. Actually, I bet there's I bet there's two reasons why the Astros are not as high as you thought they were going to be. One, I remember when all of that came down and uh, people were saying, I'm going to hit them, I'm going to hit them, this is ridiculous, they're just going to get hit in the head. The league came down and said that if you throw on purpose, we're going to have higher higher penalties and, and stuff. So that kind of discouraged pitchers from doing that. And uh, at the same time, I think there's a sense of – Instead of hitting them, I think they turned into, oh, you want to beat on trash cans and you think you're the greatest team? Watch me strike you out, right? So I think they're... That's not going to happen with the Astros. I'm sorry. No, it's not. But you know what I mean? I think there was more of a, they wanted to get them out rather than hit them. Um, So I I think they pitched more in the strike zone trying to get them out rather than trying to hit them. So I know we're off a tangent here, but last thing I'm going to say, Excuse me to say about this. So the Astros tie for 23rd and hit by pitch, right, in 2020. Right, tie for 23rd with them, the Atlanta Braves. Who faced off in the 2021 World Series? Yeah, that's that's interesting. It's an interesting Astros and the Braves. Yeah. It's an interesting parallel there. Yeah, so maybe that's the secret. You got to be in the top, uh, outside the top 20 and hit by pitches, and the, that increases. Don't get hit. Don't get hit. And that's the other thing with the Astros is that uh, maybe the fear in 2020 was, well, it's a fast team with Altuve and this and that and the other. Well, Astros did not rank 20th in stolen bases among 30 teams. Interesting. So, yeah, uh, things are not always what they seem. And you said you want to see if an individual player got hit more than others in 2020. Because I know Altuve was the big. uh, Altuve um, was the big one, I think. Altuve and Bregman. All right, let's find out because it was Wilson Contreras, number one in 2020. Cub. Yeah, another Cub. And, and Contreras is a lightning rod of things. He's a very emotional player. Ramon Lariano, I don't know if this is before or after the 80-game suspension. Uh, Kesson Hiura, who all he does is strike out. So, yeah. yeah. Anthony Rizzo. Oh, Anthony Rizzo's always going to lead the league in hit by pitches, and he's not even a Houston Astros player. That's because he uh, crossed the plate. Exactly. You don't give a damn. Uh, Abraham Toro actually led the Astros on this leaderboard, unless I'm reading this wrong, in 2020 and 13th overall. So Abraham Toro and George Springer with five hit by pitches. He's in the top 30 as well. So see, 
That proves it. That proves it. They were headhunting the Astros. Oh, they were headhunting <laughs> the Cubs players. So. Well, all right. Well, okay. Well, you know, 2021, they were just, you know, getting ready because of Manfred's stupid thing about protecting these Houston Astros players. 2021, I think that's the year, right? No, Mark Canna also. Sh- well, there's a reason why the Mets are up at the top. Now, Canna's with the Oakland Athletics, but Canna also led the league in hit by pitches in 20, uh, was among the league leaders in hit by pitches in 2020. He's number one in 2021. Uh, Anthony Anthony Rizzo is number two, and I just went black here, so I can't see the rest of the screen. Oh, there it is. Wilson Contreras, top five. Jose Abreu, also top five. So it's a Chicago thing is what it is, Austin. Yeah. You t- you Yeah, your spreadsheet just completely went black. It's oh, gone. okay. Yeah, I, um, I see that now. Did you hear me talk about? Yeah, I did hear you. T- I did hear you talk about that. I was distracted about the about the. It went black, and I yeah, I, it did go black. I'm um, sorry. About yeah, that. so I and I'm sure it has to do with those guys crowd the plate. Um, you know, if you crowd the plate, you're gonna get hit. It is what yep, it is. Yep. Um, you know, and I'm sure they crowd the plate for a reason. And I, you know, I was kind of a player where I didn't care if I got hit. If I got hit, thanks, stupid. That's a that's a free base. Uh, my, my base um, percentage you know, went up. Yep. So, you know, I was, I was good with that. I didn't care. And so, and I'm sure Anthony Rizzo and Mark Cannon, all those guys, they crowd the plate, they get hit, they get hit. It is Wilson what it Contreras, is. Well, Wilson Contreras wears that, I think he wears the Venezuela. I don't know. The, I'm thinking about his long sleeves. It's usually a Venezuela flag on his long sleeves, but yeah, they're, they're well protected. Wilson Contreras, Anthony Rizzo, Mark Cannon in the top three. Mark Cannon, number one, Rizzo, number two, Contreras, number three. Ty France also shows up a lot. Uh, so I'm now looking at the list from 2020 all the way to 2022 and it's, the same list. Anders Jimenez, also a former Mets player. He must have learned something while he was in the Mets organization. Jose Abreu, Jonathan India. That's Josh Harrison, Starling Marte, Kyle Farmer. So I don't see any Astros players on this list. So yeah. Yeah, they're not stupid. They're, that's not a stupid team. They don't mess around like that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, where were we? We were up? at Sean because we went to Jose Altuve. Oh, yeah. Jose Altuve, Francisco Lindor. Of course, he's a Mets player. Yeah. Ha- Oh, well, he is top four, I guess. Yeah. So, all right, good for him. Uh, Yanni Diaz, of course. of course. Sean, we just talked about it, right? There he is, 14th overall. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> at least he put somebody on the on the on the rankings there. Jordan <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alvarez, Mike Trout, Aaron Judge. This is basically my fantasy team in, on the points league right there. Yep. And of course, he cannot, because it's Sean, he cannot bring himself to give the MVP to Aaron Judge. So, yeah, he's been justifying that pick all year long, so I'm not surprised. And even when Aaron Judge was leading the league and midway through the season, he was kind of poo-pooing yeah, the idea that Aaron Judge is a league leader. Uh, go ahead and mention your team right there. Uh, so my team, I have Alejandro Kirk as my catcher. Uh, JT Rumuto, uh, I think, is a, is a really good pick. But I just I had to go with Alejandro Kirk for 2022. He had a great, great year this year. Uh, I have Paul Goldschmidt as my first baseman. Jose Altuve as my second baseman. Trey Turner is my shortstop. Jose Ramirez, one of the still one of the most underrated players um, in the MLB. I have him as my third baseman. Uh, I've got outfield. Same as same as Felipe and Sean. I've got Jordan Alvarez, Mike Trout, and Aaron Judge. Mike Trout, even you know, he missed 40 games, still ended up being the best hitting center fielder. So I had to put Mike Trout on there. And then my utility player. At first, I misunderstood uh <laughs> what uh our utility player was. Our utility player ended up being just any other hitter. Um, so I decided to go with Shohei Otani. Um, I originally had Luis Arias there. No, uh, I had um uh... 
Yeah, McNeil, Jeff McNeil. Oh, Jeff McNeil. That's right. I had Jeff McNeil there. I had Luis Arias changed it to Jeff McNeil. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I wanted to give a spotlight to Jeff McNeil. But once I realized what the actual utility hitter was, um, what our definition was, I decided to give it to Shohei Otani. And then I have Paul Goldschmidt and Aaron Judge as my NL and AL MVP, respectively. And Melvin had Real Muto, Paul Goldschmidt, Jose, Altu- Jose Altuve. So him and I are matching. Once again, a catcher, first base, second base, and then he went with Carlos Correa. All so, right. so yeah, uh, t- I mean, he still finished. We short saw stops it. different all the way across the board. Yeah, four different uh, short stops. And that's how deep that position is. And guess what? Three out of those four guys at shortstop, they're free agents this year. Yep. The free agent class is going to be deep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jose Ramirez, uh, you and him are matching. Uh, obviously, I think it's a clean sweep for this. Yep, clean sweep. Yep. Everybody's going with Alvarez, Trout, and Judge. And I think he misunderstood as well, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he actually is okay with Luis Arias. The, he is you know the what? I'd be okay with Luis Arias too. The batting champion, right? I'm still waiting to hear from Melvin's uh, MVP. I was, I was just looking at all-time, uh, I believe it was all-time batting average for a certain position. I believe it was first baseman, second baseman, something like that, all-time, because I was doing the 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 GOAT and yeah. stuff like that. Um. Luis Arias is sixth all time in one in batting average in one position. I think it's like second base or something like that. I don't. Interesting. Remember. Yeah. Interesting. Luis Arias was up there. I was like, wow, it, it's average or on base or something. I was shocked that Luis Arias was up there. Sean claims that if anybody is ever going to hit 400 again in this baseball wacky world of ours, it's going to be Luis Arias. Yeah, he he said that there that there was some predictor that Luis Arias had the best chance in um since since then to to hit 400. It wouldn't surprise me. And then of course the last on the list, the writers, uh, uh, the baseball writers of America, American League and National League Silver Slugger winners. Uh, it's pretty much. I mean, there's Jeff McNeil at second base. Yeah, um, I don't doesn't surprise me. I don't think I would have gone. Well, I don't know. Every time I say I wouldn't have gone with Jeff McNeil in National League, but. Maybe I would have. I don't know anymore. Yeah. I don't. I, I didn't see any other second baseman here besides Jose Altuve. Hmm. And nope. most now there isn't very many second basemen. Unless Mookie Betts counts, but he, uh, he'll probably he might count next year. Yeah, but you know, yeah, right. I forgot they nominate these guys and then they um, vote. I guess. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Trey Turner, Nolan Arenado, Kyle Schwarber, Mookie Betts, Juan Soto, Josh Bell, which is really surprising. I would have just. I would just do what I did here and just do the extra hitter as opposed to DH, but yeah. I digress. And then Brandon Drury was given the new utility player over at the American league, Kirk, Nate Lowe, which we did not see Nate Lowe on Nate any Lowe of these lists. Shocking to me. <laughs> In a league that has uh, Vladimir Guerrero and uh, you would think first base would be deep, but I guess it wasn't. Who were the nominees? I forget. I don't really care about that. I, I, this is the first time I'm seeing the winners, by the way. I have I, I don't pay attention because I'm too busy with my own little world here. Uh, Xander Bogarts, that's well-deserved. So they got the shortstops right. Jose Ramirez and the American League, so that's good. Mike Trout, Julio Rodriguez, Aaron Judge, Jordan Alvarez and the DH, and Luis Arias as your utilities player. So there it is. All the awards, including ours and the baseball writers. Next up, we will embark. Not this week because we're out of time. But next up, we still have to talk about the pitchers, right? Yeah. But that's, I mean, starting pitchers, uh, relief pitchers. It's my favorite time of year, but it's a lot of work, Austin. You know what yes. I mean? It's, yep, for sure. 
And we also got to do rookies as well, hoping to get that tackled in one podcast as opposed to several podcasts. And, you know, when I go hard, man, I go hard. I go really hard. I do mm-hmm. best starting pitchers, rookie starting pitchers, best rookie relief pitchers, best, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, best rookie hitters. So, yeah, we have a lot more work to do. We're on the halfway point, but we got the three components out of the way. Looking forward to talking about some pitchers and rookies next next time we get together. Any final words, any final thoughts on this whole awards thing? Not really. Um, you know, I think most of those awards went to the right people. I like that it's not turning into a popularity contest anymore. We're going to be giving away more awards. Um, and we're also going to be awarding the greatest of all time. So we've already done first and second base. If you haven't done that already in the baseball life group, go ahead and give me your top 10 list in order. It's amazing how many people don't follow directions. Um, top 10 lists in order, please. Uh, first base and second base we've done already. We're going to move across the, we're going to move along the infield and do shortstop as well. Awesome. Awesome. So check out that list. And all right. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. I am Felipe. That's Austin. We'll see you next time. Take care, everybody. Deuces.